You are listening to the Heartland Author Podcast. I am Aaron Apollo Camp. For today's episode, I had the opportunity to interview Kimberly Van Sickle. Kimberly, who is from St. Charles, Illinois, is the author of the young adult novel Assassins Are Us. Prior to writing Assassins Are Us, Kimberly was an educator and library director for many years. I'm here with Kimberly Van Sickle, who is uh, an author of, uh, I believe, multiple books, if I'm not mistaken. Kimberly, welcome to the Heartland Author Podcast. Aaron, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Feel free to introduce yourself to our listeners. Well, um, as I said, my name is, as you said, my name is Kimberly Van Sickle. I am a retired educator uh, in a suburb west of Saint, uh, west of uh, Chicago. And my dream retirement gig is working in a school library where I just get to talk about books to, to kids and inspire them to read. And since I've had, you know, downtime after my eight to four job, I decided to dust off some novels that I had started probably a decade ago. And the one that came to fruition was Assassins Are Us. And it's a young adult, edgy, dark, humorous mystery thriller with a splash of romance. I have a husband of 31 years. We have two grown children. And when our children grew up and moved out, we adopted two rescue dogs. So our life is complete again. Uh, if, could you tell us more about your uh, book, Assassins Are Us, without spoiling too much of it? Sure. So this idea came to me, um, actually it was born out of a couple of venues. I've always been a fan of spy assassin movies. James Bond is just at the top for me. I just love our family are James Bond junkies. Um, and uh, that in and of itself, I was a fan of uh, Gallagher Girls, which is an elite academy for girls who are trained to be spies. Uh, that also young adult. So I thought there's really not much out there about, you know, the nuclear family next door who are trained assassins. Mm. So my husband, who is in logistics at the time, was working for an Austrian, I thought it was German, but it's not, it's Austrian, an Austrian logistics company, the oldest existing logistics company in the world, 500 years old and I thought you know what I could probably do something with that how I bet I could make that the cover for this family this well-to-do family who you know you would go next door to get a cup of sugar from uh, who's actually a higher they're hired guns if you will but they're very particular on the jobs that they take um, I guess they do have a moral compass, even though they are trained assassins. And their two children, twins, Hetty and Gerhard, uh, 
haven't killed anyone yet. You know, the Hendershots are, of course, a family with some scruples. But their children have been in training since the day they were born. So that one day, the children will take over the helm of this shell logistics company. And it was fun. It was a fun write. I enjoyed writing it. Um, and I hope the young adult audience who likes something that's kind of campy and offbeat will enjoy reading it. Uh, now, this is probably an embarrassing question for me to ask you, but did any of the students you teach when you were a middle school English teacher, if I'm not mistaken, inspire any of the characters in Assassins R Us? <laughs> That's a loaded question. It probably could get me in a lot of trouble, but you know, I've been in education for 33 years. I suppose uh, subconsciously, it's an amalgamation of the best students I ever worked with and maybe the worst. Um, as this book is more humorous in nature than it is, I mean, it's really poking fun at itself. Um, I can't say I really focused on any one or two particular students. The memories that I have in the classroom and also as a librarian are the are the funny episodes, the the ones at the end of the day where I choose to laugh about rather than get down about. So it absolutely is possible. It absolutely is possible. I would like to think that Hetty, the main character, uh, who is very bright, who is, should be the one to take over the family business, but historically, it has always, the family business has always been run by men, and uh, she really should be taking over the family business because her brother is kind of the dimwit comic relief. Um, but also a guy with a heart of gold. And I've had a lot of students who, more than I haven't had, with just solid hearts. Uh, regarding Assassins R.H., did you sketch out the character guides for each character first, or did you have a different plotting and writing process altogether? You know, honestly, I can't say I have a process. I, like I said, this kind of came out of, well, the, the idea came out of several elements that were just kind of thrown at me and like, I can do something with that. I can do something with that. Um, I cannot say I actually sketched out the characters, but I knew, I knew, absolutely knew how I wanted Hetty to, I knew she needed to be strong. I knew she needed to be vulnerable. And I knew she would have to face challenges. Um, those were really my main criteria for that character. The parents just had to be supportive and very and very loving. And in the book, there are moments where you find out 
just how much they sacrificed, and again, without giving away too much, just how much they sacrificed for their family. Um, so I can't say that I sketched out a whole flowchart of character traits. I just kind of knew, and it was a gut feeling when I was writing the story. And it's, it really is more plot-driven than, than character-driven. I just knew I, where, what these characters needed to do in order to make them identifiable. Not necessarily likable, but identifiable, where people could understand what their motivations were for doing what they did. Uh, have you written other books? And if so, without spoiling too much of any other books you've written, what are some of them about? So I self-published a book about eight years ago, historical, World War II, historical fiction, World War II, young man with a silver spoon in his mouth, attends Trammell Academy, and it's his family's institution academy. Um, his mother... Irish, Catholic, big family, very connected. His father, his father's family is kind of cold and distant and doesn't really have a lot of emotions to share. Um, so he's kind of stuck between his father's side of the family, who no child of a grandfather Tramwell's is going to go off to war and will pull strings so that his grandson doesn't meet the fate that so many soldiers did meet, uh, especially on D-Day. And all of this is leading up to um, the D-Day incursion. And he's torn between what is his proper place in life, thus the title of the book, Placement. Does he stay back and reap the benefits of having well-connected family? Or does he lie about his age, as so many of those young men did back in the 40s, 30s and 40s, and just enlist? So it's that conflict um, within him and societal conflicts that kind of carry this book. Again, it is more plot-driven than character-driven, although I would say placement um, delves into more of the character's struggles than Assassin's Arrest. They, they are completely different books. I mean, there's, there's nothing really humorous about placement. Um, and back to your question, e I self-published it, and it wasn't a very successful self-publishing uh, experience, although, because I really didn't know what I was doing, although I learned so much from it. I learned so much from that experience that I'm not going to call it a failure because I, 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 just, I grew. I grew as an author. I grew in my knowledge about the industry, the do's and the don'ts, and... It's at this point right now that I want to go back to it and I would love to do 
a second press of it under this publisher, Atmosphere Press, that I am working with right now. So it may get uh, life after all. I'm going to ask a, a different question than the one I had written down. Sure. Uh, you said, now, did Atmosphere Press publish Assassins Are Us? Yes. Okay. Uh, now, I've seen Atmosphere Press listed on some uh, lists of uh, uh, so-called vanity presses to that uh, self-published author should avoid if if all possible, but did you have a positive experience with Atmosphere Press? I have had a phenomenal experience with Atmosphere Press. I actually, this under the same, I guess, disillusionment um, as you had just alluded to, I stayed away from them for almost a year. Uh, they kept coming back to me. And I said, no, I don't, I, I'm not comfortable with the Vanity Press, but it really isn't a Vanity Press. A Vanity Press is you pay someone to publish your novel and you get no support. Atmosphere Press, I had a phenomenal content editor who really helped me with a struggling third act. Amazing. I worked one-on-one -on -one with a book cover designer who I don't know how he stuck with me after weeks and weeks of revising what the cover should look like. Very patient. I've got a, an amazing um, publicist who has, well, as that's one of the reasons why I'm here today. She has put me into so many venues. She has gotten me in front of so many people, events, podcasts, interviews, um, and not that awards mean anything, but my book has been entered into a few YA book competitions, and I'm a finalist for the BookFest uh, award, which is going to be announced within a week. So, and, and, and to top that off, all of the editing services that they provide Again, I don't know how the, not the style content, not the concept um, editor, but the actual syntax grammar editor, I don't know how she stuck with me for as long as she did. It went through probably a dozen revisions in two months just to help me clean up my writing style. Um, and I will say that when I published, self-published, uh, placement about a decade ago I did hire an editor it was kind of an all-in-one editor so it was someone who was editing for content for grammar for uh, continuity uh, and I really I paid a lot for that content editor so I would say I got a whole lot more out of atmosphere than I even thought was possible it's, it's been, it has been an amazing journey for me. It really has been an amazing journey for me. I, yeah, the reason I asked that question is because I did see Atmosphere Press listed on a, like a, a list somebody posted on a Facebook group or something 
uh, as listed as among uh, a list of publishing companies to avoid. But you had a great experience with them, and uh, uh, that's uh, if you have a great experience with them, great. Yeah, and to be honest, um, I saw the same list, and that's why I pushed them off for as long as I did. But I got to say, I'm so glad that I took the chance. Because, you know, the old adage, you can't get representation without being published, and you can't get published without representation. <laughs> I, I spiraled with that for a decade. I mean, I've, I put my, my heart out there for 10 years, for 10 years trying to find a literary agent or to try to find a publisher. Um, and this really met my goals. What I wanted was to, to write a book that I was proud of and to get it in people's hands and for it to be read. And I am proud of this book. I really am. The, what I what what was born out of this experience with Atmosphere Press is unmatched, and it really was the confidence boost that I needed. So, yeah, you know, the internet is is good and bad, you know. So I, I I'm one of those people that really had a great experience with them, and I continue. I mean, even though my book came out in September, they are still. Um, they are still supporting me. They're still getting me out there in front of people and with promotions and such. So all in all, I'm pleased. I am very pleased. Well, I'm glad you had a great experience with Atmosphere Press. My next question uh, is going to be about writer's block. Was there ever a time you started to experience writer's block? And what advice would you give to any author who is trying to overcome writer's block? <laughs> well, I did have writer's block um, eight years ago. Like, I, I really flushed out a, I, I, what I felt was a solid first and second act for Assassins or Us. And I was just stalled. I was absolutely stalled. And that's why I just figuratively put it on a shelf. I just couldn't. I couldn't figure out how it was going to end. I mean, I had an idea how it was going to end, but how I, how I wanted it to end and how to get there was such a reach. So, you know, and we still had two kids at home. And our lifestyles were very busy with my husband working and me working full time and my kids being involved in numerous events. It, uh, it just took a back seat to my life. Um, I, like I said, about a year and a half, two years ago, I printed it up, gave it to my husband and he said, yeah, I'll take a look at it. And he really liked it. He said, but how is it going to end? And I said, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I know what I think, how it's going to end, but I don't know. And he gave me some suggestions, and I noodled that around a bit. And that's when I finally took um, a chance with Atmosphere Press. And that content editor really helped me uh, cross the finish line. It, 
if you if you're willing to put yourself out there and be vulnerable and allow other people to read something that you have poured and i've seen all the books that you have written i mean your writing is very personal i take it very you know it's like giving birth to a child i gave birth to this book and I don't want somebody to be critical of it, but if you open yourself up to being vulnerable and allowing that feedback and that input, it really does pay off. It really does pay off because once my husband read it, once one of my good friends read it, once uh, Atmosphere, Bryce Wilson is his name, was my content editor, got a hold of it, it just really opened up the floodgates on where I want to go. So I guess my advice would be uh, just let yourself be vulnerable. Have other people put their eyes on it and just don't take it as a reflection on you if they don't like it. You know, that's why Baskin Robbins makes 31 flavors. It's not for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One final question. Uh, what did you enjoy most about your work as an educator? I believe you were a library director as well. Yes, yes. I was a library director for over 20 years. Uh, so media, technology, and infusion. Um, and I was also a language arts teacher. So I was, uh, you know, I taught writing as well and grammar and all that good stuff, right? But I really love those years in the, in the library, in the Learning Resource Center, just because it's no two days are ever the same. Technology always evolving, almost at a breakneck pace. Um, and then just all of the new fiction and nonfiction that would come in. You know, I would come home with stacks of books to read that I could never get through. Um, it's a good problem to have. But those were the years I cherished the most. I got to work with students. I got to work with teachers. I got to work with all content areas. Um, and you know, if you have a passion for something that you do, you'll you'll never work a day in your life. Kimberly, you were a wonderful guest for this podcast. I thank you for appearing on the Heartland Author Podcast. It It is absolutely my pleasure, Aaron. I really appreciate it your thoughtful questions. Thank you so much. Kimberly was a wonderful guest to interview, and I always enjoy interviewing fellow Illinoisans on here. This is Aaron Apollo Camp reminding y'all to write your imagination. Bye for now. You can learn more about me and my book writing projects at camparenapollo.witsite.com forward slash author AAC. You can follow me on Facebook at author AAC and on Instagram at AAC Scribe. Copyright 2023, Aaron Apollo Camp, all rights reserved. This podcast episode is intended for the private listening of our audience. Any reuse or retransmission of this podcast episode without the express written consent of the podcast host is prohibited, except under fair use guidelines. Royalty-free music and sound effects obtained from https colon forward slash forward slash www.zapsplat.com.